Hi everyone, glad you could join me again on this week's edition of Matters of the Heart. My name is Dr. Y and this week we'll revisit the concept of marriage under the topic just before you sign the dotted lines. Depending on what part of the world you come from, marriages are contracted over the weekend, especially on Saturdays. And you also have some marriages contracted during the weekday. But the question is not whether a marriage is being contracted during the weekday or weekend. It makes no difference. What really matters is, do you understand what you're about to get into? Do you understand what marriage involves? These questions and more are what we'll be exploring in this week's edition of Matters of the Heart let's go on a short break and when we return let's set things in motion dear listener please permit me to share the word of god with you for 60 seconds jehovah The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Celestial, has sent me to tell you that the end is near. The Lord says he's coming soon to judge the earth, and that the end is near for all those who serve Satan and his followers instead of serving he, the Lord God Almighty. Jesus says he's coming soon, and he says that the sword of the Lord will descend very soon because the world has turned away from him. And so I want to urge you, dear listener, please turn back to God. And if you're yet to believe in Jesus, please accept Jesus in your heart today and make him the owner of the life that you're living. God bless you. Welcome back. We're still looking at the topic just before you sign the dotted lines. So let's see what marriage is and what it entails. So the first thing you need to consider is that marriage is essentially an agreement between two people, usually a man and a woman, to be together for a lifetime. Oxford Languages Dictionary defines an agreement as harmony or accordance in opinion or feeling. It also means a negotiated and typically legally binding arrangement between parties as to a course of action. So every marriage that is contracted has um, a legal document backing it up. Uh, has a legal basis there's there's a marriage certificate or a marriage license that accords formal recognition uh, to your union as husband and wife it also accords formal recognition to your status as being legally married to each other but do you really understand the implication of the agreement you are entering into Marriage is a serious business and should not be treated lightly. 
because lives, hearts, and emotions are involved. Even the state is involved in your matter, and um, you will get to appreciate the state's involvement and how it will move to protect uh, any of the parties if there is a breach. So, for example, when you have a spouse who is uh, legally married um, to one person and then uh, is attempting to uh, marry someone else in the life of that uh, existing marriage and that particular marriage that uh, was originally contracted was contracted as a monogamous marriage you know where it's one man and one woman in that union so when you have a spouse there moving to marry someone else in the life of that existing marriage is termed bigamy and uh, the state will move to protect the interests of uh, the party who is about to have that um, arrangement breached um, so uh, let's go over some basics of marriage together uh, marriage involves a willingness to stick and commit to one person all the days of your life uh, in other words it means being devoted to that one person all your days even when other people uh, are competing for your attention and this is one very important thing you need to consider which is that you need to prepare your mind that you will definitely meet and see people who are you know definitely good looking and possibly even a lot smarter than your spouse now that doesn't mean that you have made a mistake in your choice of your spouse um you see what you need to ask yourself when you're faced with such a, a, a situation is that while the person in question has those qualities that you like do they actually have what it takes to deal with you and to be with you through the long haul can they deal with the various versions of you that will unravel in the course of the journey um i will give you an analogy here um the makeup of a 100 meter sprint runner is different from uh, the makeup of a marathon uh, runner so while the 100 meters runner can you know run a short dash and win the 100 meters hurdle uh, if you put that person in a marathon he or she might only be able to run for 100 meters before crashing out of the marathon and that's because the person does not have the grit the stamina and the training to endure a marathon so before your eyes begin to rove around and you want to start throwing a pity party for yourself and say maybe you marry the wrong person think again about this analogy the 100 meters runner and the marathon runner and you know appreciate the spouse that you have marriage is not a short 100 sprint dash uh, it's a long journey filled with twists and turns and only one trained for the long haul can survive its challenges. Now, secondly, uh, marriage is a willingness to provide lifelong companionship to another. And before you can become a lifelong companion, how about trying to sharpen your companionship skills as a friend? 
David and Jonathan in the Bible provide a strong friendship example you can emulate and you will find their story in 1 Samuel chapters 18 to 23. Uh, some lessons to glean from their story uh, include the fact that even though they came from different backgrounds, they had a genuine love and concern for each other. David was a shepherd trained in the business of looking after sheep. While Jonathan was a prince, he was the oldest son and heir apparent to Saul's throne. And he was trained in the affairs of managing a kingdom. Yet, these two met and they forged a friendship that became transgenerational. Long after Jonathan had died, David remained committed to the oath of loyalty he had pledged to Jonathan in their younger days and he made sure he took care of uh, Jonathan's descendants. Uh, in fact, um, he had Jonathan's grandson, Mephibosheth, uh, eat at the same table with him when he became king. Uh, so, you know, that's an example of, you know, a loyalty and a friendship that endures, that even outlives uh, the people involved. And of course, on uh, Jonathan's side, uh, during his lifetime, he stuck out his neck for David uh, when David's life was in danger. Um, Jonathan made sure that no harm came to David when Jonathan's father was actively looking to kill David. Um, at a point, it became clear that um, Saul, Jonathan's father, was bent on killing David. So Jonathan took it upon himself to... Um, uh, inform David about his father's plans and then arrange for David to escape to safety. You will find that in 1 Samuel chapter 20. And all throughout Jonathan's life, there was no record of his being jealous or envious of his friend David. Even when it was obvious that David would reign as king over Israel instead of Jonathan, Jonathan didn't feel threatened or envious. He was simply happy to be by David's side as his second in command. Uh, you will find that in 1 Samuel chapter 23, verses 14 to 28. I could even just try to read a bit of it. Uh, the contemporary English version says here, I start from verse 14, that David stayed in hideouts in the hill country of Ziph Desert. Saul kept searching, but God never let Saul catch him. One time, David was at Horesh in Ziph Desert. He was afraid because Saul had come to the area to kill him. But Jonathan went to see David, and God helped him encourage David. Don't be afraid, Jonathan said. My father Saul will never get his hands on you. In fact, you're going to be the next king of Israel and I'll be your highest official. Even my father knows it's true. So this is the heir apparent to the throne, Jonathan saying that to um, David, his friend. And verse 18 says, they both promised the Lord that they would always be loyal to each other. Then Jonathan went home, but David stayed in Horish. So question, when you see your spouse excelling, and even recording higher achievements than you do. Do you have the grace 
and the largeness of hearts like Jonathan to celebrate their achievements and successes? Um, are you happy to be by their side celebrating their achievements? Um, uh, or, or does that now signal to you um, they need to begin to compete with your spouse uh, and seek their downfall? Or will you become envious like Saul of your spouse's achievements? So this is something to think about. This, uh, you know, when it comes to being a lifelong companion, you know, you should be one that you, you are there with them through thick and thin and you are ready to celebrate their uh, successes and achievements without feeling threatened or insecure or seeing it as the basis for competing with them. Now, a third thing to consider when it comes to marriage is that marriage is a place where you will learn and unlearn things. Um, where some of even your age-old beliefs will be dismantled. So, um, are you willing to be flexible and make adjustments in marriage? Um, you're going to be dealing with a living, breathing entity who is subject to the laws of change and time. So, for example, you went into marriage with a beautiful woman with firm breasts and... Uh, well, by the time she's done having children and with the passage of time, her breasts are not so firm um, anymore. And this happens, especially as she gets older. I mean, they begin to suck. So can you deal with this reality? Or let's say you married, you know, a handsome, your woman, you married a handsome young man with full hair and a full beard. But now as the years go by, I mean, uh, either has a receding hairline or he's gone completely bald are you okay with that you know and what about your sex life so let's say at the beginning when you got married sex was a daily occurrence but with the passage of time and children maybe the frequency might very likely reduce um the pace of love making might even slow down so how are you preparing for these realities um what new ways are you inventing um, to think of keeping your sex life um, interesting even as you age. So, you know, these are just examples of realities that you need to think about and come up with uh, practical answers to. They are basics that you, you need to consider as you um, get ready to sign the dotted lines. Um whichever day of the week it is uh, that you are planning for your marriage. Make sure you understand what you are um, getting into and what is required um, of you. So I'd like to thank you for listening and I hope you found these insights useful to anyone getting married this weekend. I wish you a happy married life. And to those who are getting married during the week, I also wish you um, a happy married life as well. We'll stop here and uh, we'll find time to talk again soon. Uh, I do wish you a great week ahead. I thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm 
I'm Dr. Y and I'm passionate about relationships. You can call me a relationship enthusiast. I take great pleasure in seeing people in love and more importantly, seeing their relationships thrive. For singles, this means I desire to see their love stories and relationships lead to the altar. And for the married, it means seeing that the sparks and chemistry remain between the couple even as they strive to build and run their home in partnership with God. And so I'd like you to join me over the weekends for a masterclass series on relationships for the singles and married couples. And for our masterclasses, we'll draw on insights from the Word of God to help us develop practical solutions to the issues we face in our relationships as singles and as married couples. So join me over the weekends as we try to see how to run our relationships from God's perspective.